Hi there, and welcome to the 4 to 20 podcast. I'm your host, Randy Seaton Jr. And on today's podcast, I wanted to tell you guys a brief little story of my run-ins with the laws back in the day. And uh, just to tell you guys a story, man, I feel like it's suitable now that you guys kind of know me on the podcast to tell you a, a real life story that happened to me way back in like 2010. Before we get into that, man, I just wanted to say thank you to all the listeners and supporters of the 4 to 20 podcast. It means a million that you guys are diving on here, clicking the play button and listening. I hope you guys are finding some form of entertainment or some form of information that you take with you when you leave listening to the podcast, man. Thank you so much for following. Also, by the way, man, I want to apologize to my listeners, my weekly listeners. I did not put out a podcast last week. That is completely on me, man. I just got tied up with life. You know, you had Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl in the same week. Never happened before. Little rough. So uh, I just lost track of time and I didn't get anything recorded. So I'm recording today and this will be out later today to make up for it. But I wanted to uh, dive on here and uh, tell you guys a dope little story of uh, my run-ins with the laws, man, when... uh, when I was over in Wyoming and in uh, Colorado, man. So back in 2008, it was when the first time I ever got in any form of like trouble period in my life, man. I didn't even have a fucking speeding ticket up to that point. I, uh, I was living at my grandma's house at the time and, uh, I had, uh, moved to Cheyenne, Wyoming from Arizona. I was there less than a month. And uh, I was trying to keep my little cousin out of trouble, so I decided it would be a smart day to go out one day and play with airsoft guns out in the street. And uh, someone eventually spotted my airsoft gun, because it looked like a real gun with a orange barrel, and called the cops. And I ended up getting caught with two grams of cannabis in a grinder, and I uh, ended up going to court for that. Um, I ended up getting judged by Judge Now. And she ended up sentencing me. I represented myself. I did not give her a name because I didn't have one to give her. She did not like that. So she sentenced me to a 45-day sentence in county jail. So uh, it was like less than a whole month of being in Wyoming. I was already in jail. It was uh, during... The 4th of July, I remember that because I was locked up on the 4th of July and I had no freedoms on the day you're supposed to be free and it was really playing with my head. Um, I ended up getting out, I think, three days early for good time because I I didn't do anything in there other than walk the fuck around. And uh, yeah, when I got out, uh, it was fucking funny, man, so... Here I am in jail, spent my 45 days in. I associated with very, very few people. I, I, There was this old man who was locked up the same exact day I was. And he'd always be off playing solitaire by himself. So I was on my like last four days or so, three days. And uh, so I'm sitting there playing, man. Sat at the table across from him. Started bullshitting. Asked him, you know, what are you in for? I saw you get booked right before me. He goes, you didn't listen to my case. I was like, no, <laughs> I was worried about my own, you know. He goes, I'm, I'm in for the same thing you are, a fucking joint, buddy. I was like, oh, man. So he shows me his papers and he's locked up for cannabis just like I was, man. So uh, we were locked up on the same day and we we're getting out on the same day. We had the projected same day out, man. 
I had an ab- overabundance of shit for my commissary. I took all the the fine money for the ticket and threw it on my commissary books. It was two hundred fifty bucks. So I live fat in in county. I had I had everything I needed there. So uh, I uh, I ended up giving him I don't know three packs of ramen and a fucking honey bun and maybe a soda. Just giving it to him because I was gonna give my shit away the next day is when they called my name anyways. So I ended up being kind, man, and that karma ended up emitting back to me uh, a couple days later when we ended up getting released. So uh, I'm up in my cell, I'm busting a deuce, man, and the guard calls up on the loudspeaker, Seton, you ready to go home? I was like, absolutely. Fucking take a shower when I get home. Fuck this shit. So I gather all my shit and leave my bag there up or my commissary up there, told my celly, do what you want with it. I'm fuck out of here. And as I go walking down, I see old dude. He has his shit in the pillow sack too, or the knapsack. He's ready to go. It's like, oh, fuck, dude, you're out too. And he goes, fuck, yeah. So me and him uh, proceed out to the jail, get our, our clothes and shit, and we ended up walking out at the same exact time. He uh, he stops. We go around the corner. He goes, hey, I need to go cash this check real fast. It's what I had left in my commissary. Let me go cash this, and I'll be back. He goes, What's the, which way are you going? So I'm going south side. Oh, me too. I'm going to walk over the bridge with you. It's like, all right, man. So uh, he goes, I'm going to get you something. I got something for you for the, the spotting me those noodles, man. I was really hungry, and you spotted me, and no one spotted me in there. Like, you're all good, bro. So we ended up walking. He gets his little check, check cash. We end up walking to this apartment complex downtown Cheyenne. Goes up to a friend's door. Knocks on it. Goes in. I stay outside. I, was, I wasn't going to get involved in nothing. And uh, next thing I know, he goes, all right, man, let's go over to the south side. I was just picking up some shit he owed me. I was like, all right, man. So we walk over the big Vidoc. If you've ever been in, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, they, they have a big old Vidoc that goes over the train yard. So we walk over the Vidoc and bail underneath it. When we get to the other side, he goes, hey, man, I got something I want to give you. I'm like, what the fuck, man? All right, all right, man. So he comes underneath the bridge and he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out. God, I have to. The smallest amount of weed I've ever been given. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. It was probably, I don't even know, man, 0.3 grams. It was It was enough to get me high and that was it. So he hands me this little, tiny, little fucking uh, cigarette wrapper with just a pinch of bud in the bottom of it. He goes, I got you some good smoke, man. That's what I was picking up over there. I was like, oh, shit, right on. He goes, what do you like to drink, man? I was like, shit, I like vodka. And take in mind, I'm still 20 at the time. And I'm turning 21 here in a couple days because I got out just before my birthday. So, uh. He goes over to the uh, the liquor store on the corner, man. He goes in and grabs me two shooters of vodka. He comes out. He goes, all right, brother. Thank you so much. God be with you, man. Have a nice day. And he leaves, and I head my way, and I, I run home, dude, because from, from the liquor store to where my grandma was, where my grandma's house was, it was less than, like, I don't know, six blocks. So I'm fucking freaking out because I have liquor on me and weed on me, and I just got out of jail, like, 40 minutes ago I want to go home I want to eat I want to drive my truck that's the first thing I was thinking I want to eat something I want to go get in my truck and drive to somewhere and eat some real food so uh I run home I get there and then I have to find all my shit because I had my grandma hide my keys and my phone and my wallet 
So I'm finding my shit because I, I know where she had them hid. And uh, I ended up getting all my shit and my truck battery was dead. So I ended up calling a friend over to to jump me and he ends up giving me a jump. I ended up going and getting some food. I came back with Burger King and I mean probably $40 worth of fucking Burger King, man. It was ridiculous. I ate it all. I did not give two fucks. And then my friends all left, so I was just chilling by myself, man. And and I I said, fuck it, I have this little bit of weed. I'm going to light this joint up. So I twist this toothpick. <laughs> I shit you not, it was a fucking toothpick of, of weed. And I smoke it. It's probably four hits, five hits. And I take those two shooters and I slam them, bam, bam, one after another. And the next thing I know, I'm out, man. I passed out for about 12 hours straight. <clears throat> Probably the honestly one of the only times in my life where I have fucking slept heavy and and it was like the way every sleep should be. <laughs> but yeah, man. So so I did my forty five days. I got out of jail, and and I learned something. You know, you, when you're in jail, you you want to blame other people, but you're you're to blame for your, where you're at. You know, and it's up to you to figure out what you did wrong. And, and how to adjust it and fix it. And and what I did wrong is I, I, I got caught with cannabis in a state where it wasn't legal. And I should have been way smarter. I should have never carried it on my person. I should have always kept it inside a house. And and that was my, my own stupidity at the age of 20. So uh, fast forward that next spring, man, my cousin tells me that down in Colorado... At the CU Boulder campus, they hold an event for 420. And the event is where a bunch of potheads come out to the field in between all the uh, all the buildings up there. And they smoke out. And I'm like, how is this legal? He's like, it's not. I'm like, how do they not get in trouble? Numbers, he goes. <laughs> and I was like, well, how many people show up? Is this like 100 people on a lawn or is it like thousands? And he's like, thousands, Randy. So I look it up and I start seeing, you know, it's true, man. It's the, the 420 at Boulder CU campus. So that that winter, he tells me about it, that spring is coming up. I decide, fuck it. You know, I was locked up over a year ago for it. This is going to be the weirdest feeling thing. Is telling Everything in my mind is telling me don't go because it's like a setup or don't go because you're going to get in trouble. But I'm going to do it because I was locked up for the plant. And maybe me standing in the crowd of all these other people means something to someone out there. And it might get a law changed. So uh, I went, man. 420 hit. Me and my cousin went up there. I think we brought like three joints. (laughs) We smoked one on the way up there, one at the field, and one on the way back. But there was so much weed on the field that that it was amazing, man. I had a great experience. Um, People were so kind. and, and, And it was about... I want to say that time it was about five to 7,000 people, somewhere in there. It wasn't super big, but it was big enough that the Boulder police let it go down and they didn't really fuck with you, man. Everyone lit up, everyone cleaned up on their way out, and everything was kosher. So that was 09. And then I got with my wife in 2010. And when I got with her, it was around the springtime, man. and we were dating and uh, I wanted to, I, I asked her, we both smoked. And at the time I was like, you know, I want to, I wanted to take her somewhere that that would be fun and an experience like none other. 
So I asked her if she wanted to go to uh, the CU campus for 420. She didn't know about it. So uh, I showed her and she's like, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go. So we planned a, a day out of it, man. I ended up rolling. This is the, the Colorado story now of where I get fucked with by Colorado law enforcement. So this is a year and a half after being out of jail. Me and the wife decided we want to go to Colorado, CU campus and experience 420. It's her first time. It's like my second and uh, so we go, man. I end up rolling like six fucking joints and I shoved them in a toothpick container. Now, take in mind, cannabis at this time was medically legal, but not recreationally. So anytime you had it on you, you better have a fucking card to be able to carry it or you'd be facing jail time or a charge of some sort. And in Colorado, I believe it's decriminalized, but I would have been a habitual offender, so I still would have faced jail time. So... We go down to Colorado at the time, man. I'm wearing fucking skate shoes, uh, uh, fucking DVS skate shoes, big old fuckers. And that's where I like to hide my weed when I was driving. If I'm driving, I like to take my weed and I'd like to shove it in my shoe. Because most of the time they didn't look in your shoe if you get pulled over and you have to deal with them face to face. So we go to the event, man. We smoke one joint on the way there. We get to the event. We smoke three joints. While we're there, so that leaves me two joints left. And I was going to smoke one on the way home, maybe two on the way home. And uh, so we go to the event, man, and, and it's cool, man. So the very last 420 event that I went to on the CU Boulder campus, and anyone out there who was there that day in 2010 can vouch for this, man. It was dark. It was gloomy. It was fucking raining. It was cold. It was everything that it never was before every all the other times it was always sunny and like slight slightly warm for what colorado is in that time of year and uh it was just the exact opposite man it was like real bummer a lot of stoners were leaving didn't even want to stay for the event but a lot of them showed up a lot more than normal so uh i remember walking around the cu campus and trying to stay dry first off because it was it was pretty wet no one wanted to sit on the the grass it was kind of like a foggy day and a little damp and uh i remember looking up because they had a a airplane going around taking aerial photos so it's about five minutes to 20 and and it didn't look like the weather was going to break up at all man everyone was just bombing man and out of nowhere out of the clear or out of the the superiorly gray sky you see a beam of light come piercing through the fucking clouds and your attention was kind of up there because the airplane anyways and you see the the light breaking through the clouds and where does it engulf what part of the land does it engulf of course the cu campus as we start firing up for the clock to hit 420 so you sit there and everyone starts getting alive again starts getting that positivity in their soul and here we are 420 they sound the bell everyone goes silent you hear nothing but lighter clicks and inhales and a bunch of coughs and a bunch of smoke blows up and it was it was a great experience man my wife got to experience it at least once before they they started fishing the the fields and not letting people go up there to smoke no more but yeah man so uh we did the colorado 420 event in boulder campus and then we were on our way home man we left left the campus i had two joints left i told the wife she's girlfriend at the time i tell her hey you know let's take let's take a 
287 up. Just take let's take the back way. I don't want to take I-25, man, because there's going to be a lot of a lot of heat on there. She agrees. So we start heading up the back way. Like we're going to go from uh, Boulder to Fort Collins the back way. Anything but 25 is all I was thinking. So we go down it, man, and here we are still in Boulder County. And I notice, I notice about, I don't know, 15 miles through Boulder or somewhere. I don't even know, man. I just notice I'm being tailed. I see it's a cop. About 15 minutes after we left, I look up and I'm getting tailed. I tell the girlfriend at the time, <laughs> I said, uh, here's, here's a map. Flip it open to Colorado. She goes, okay. I said, we're being followed right now. All while she's opening the map and flipping it to Colorado, I'm whipping out my phone. I had one of the first uh, smartphones that was touchscreen back in the day. It, had, it was a, a Motorola. It had a clear flip screen, and it was all touch. And uh, it had navigator on it. So I flip it open, and I open the navigator, and I ping it. And I throw her the phone. I said, keep that on your lap. I said, and act really confused. And she goes, okay. I said, we're going to take a left up here. And that cop is going to take a left too. And then he's going to light me up. I said, I'm going to go off the beaten path just to get us over with. Because I don't want to keep going for miles. And this fucker pull me over, you know, in a different jurisdiction or, or something. I, I just don't want drama. She goes, okay. I said, we're going to, our story is that we're looking to go up to the mountains over there, the Rockies, and we want to have a nice spot where we can see the city lights at night. She goes, okay. And I said, and all we've been doing is just enjoying Boulder for the day. We came down to enjoy the sights of Boulder and to go find a place in the mountains to take a beautiful picture tonight. She goes, okay. Mark, I've been with this girl like two fucking weeks. I don't know how well she can can tell a story or sell a story, but I gave her the story that I was going to give and I hope she wouldn't deviate from it. I've stilled my trust in her. And, uh, I hit my left hand turn, man. All while my weed with my two joints is in my skate shoe. And, uh, next thing I know, the cop turns left with me and he lights me up like, fuck, here we go. Pull over, hit the hazards, pull the brake, turn off the engine, throw the keys on the dash. He comes up, goes hi there sir you know why i pulled you over i was like no no i don't not one clue why i'd like to know why i'm pulled over he goes well i was watching you drive and you got really close to the white line the solid white line on the right of the shoulder i said oh did i go over it officer he goes no but you were riding it real heavy I was like, huh, okay, I didn't, I didn't know I couldn't, as long as I didn't go over it, I thought we were fine. He goes, well, yeah, and, and, uh, you have out-of-state plates. At the time, I had Arizona tags. He goes, so I just, uh, want to do a welfare check, and, uh, uh, do you mind if I search the vehicle? He goes, with today's date and the celebrations that's going on in Colorado, I think it'd be wise to, to search the vehicle. And my mentality, you know, this was wrongful of him, but my mentality was let the fucker search the car. As long as he doesn't search me, I'm good. It's a misdemeanor on me. No one's going to get in trouble. I'll get a fine and I'll have to come back and deal with it if he catches me with it on my pocket or in my in my sock. 
So I look at him and go, yeah, man, if, if, if you want to, if you want to can uh, patrol your highways and protect them that way, I understand. I said, uh, let me just step out and have a cigarette on the side of the car over here and let the girlfriend stand with me and you could do whatever you want. If you, if you, all I ask, bro, is that you don't toss all my shit on the side of the road so I don't have to spend, you know, an hour out here cleaning it up. Cause I've seen how tosses were in Arizona and they're, they're, they're kind of dicks out here in Arizona. They, they cavity search your car. And, uh, he goes, no, no, it's nothing like that, man. So he pops open the toolbox and he looks through the toolbox and finds nothing but construction equipment. And then he goes into my backpack and I tell him, watch out, careful. There's some dirty boxers in there and scared him for a sec. And he searched that to no avail. And then he goes into my cab and searches through my cab and realizes there's a big old subwoofer box behind the seat. So there ain't shit back there. And, uh, all while he's doing his search, he's telling me, he's asking, you know, what, what were you guys doing out here? I was telling him, I want to get up to those mountains. I want to take some pictures and, you know, from Arizona, I haven't seen Colorado in a long time. I want to take this girl up to the mountains and, and just have her see the city lights at night. And he, he tells me a, a long story. He tells me a really long story of how to get to uh, a good viewpoint of the city. And it had probably 15 different fucking turns and, so many adjectives is hard to keep up with. And I was stoned out of my gourd from just leaving the 420 event. I mean, I was fucking lit, man. Smoked like three joints there and countless bowls of hash and whatever the fuck was being passed to me. So I was pretty fucking glazed. And uh, he gets done searching my truck. And he comes up to me and he's getting ready to hand me my ID and send me on my way because he didn't find any fucking thing. And he goes, hey, before before I let you go, I just want one more thing from you. Can can you tell me the directions of how, how you get up to the, the area I was telling you earlier? And I quote, I don't even know how in the fuck I did it. You could ask the wife today. She'll giggle over this shit. I quoted those directions like they like I knew them to heart. Left here, right here. But when you see the big bear with the black eye, you take a right there and you go down a quarter mile, yada, yada, yada. And at the end of it, he goes, yep, you got it, buddy. You have a great day. And he sent me on my way, man. <laughs> and I've never had my heart pounding out of my chest so fucking hard in a long time around that uh, at that time, you know, that I was just like, fuck it. We put the truck in gear. We drove down the fucking road for about five miles. And then I found my way to I-25 and I got home as fast as I could. I ended up stopping in in a little town called Wellington, they have a bunch of little lakes out there, uh, like little personal, uh, lakes that you could fish. And I ended up stopping out there cause it's pretty rural. And I ended up smoking those two joints that I had left to buzz me down. But that was, uh, and the wife, man, or the girlfriend at the time, she, she fucking, she was a fucking trooper stuck with the story all the way to the end told him what we were looking for. We want to go see those mountains. I, this is a real bummer because I want to get up there sooner than this. She played it so well. and I don't know, man. That, that Those were uh, two little run-ins that I had with the law back in the day, man. The, the first one I got in trouble for. I had uh, pistols drawn on me and shit and did time for it. But the second one, man, was just a simple pullover and I learned the the way you treat your officer can can mean the difference between going home and going to jail inevitably and how your officer is too because the officer in Boulder was a lot kinder than the officers in Cheyenne Wyoming but uh it was a trip to get to get uh pulled over and released all while having cannabis on me man the whole fucking time 
oh, I'll never forget how nervous I was until I smoked those two fucking joints and I was like curved and ready to chill again. But yeah, man, have any of you guys, were any of you guys fortunate enough to get to experience Colorado campus and the great smokeouts of 420 that they held there before they started throwing uh, fish eggs on the field to stop people from going up there and blazing? Because if you were, man, I know you guys had some great experiences out there. Maybe you guys had a run-in with the law. I'd love to hear it. Or uh, just a story in general from the event, because there there were so many people the last time me and the wife went, man. I swear, on numbers, they said attendees was about 15,000, but Ariel was saying it was roughly 20,000 people. And by being on the ground there, I want to say it was fucking 20,000 people thick, man. We were all smoking and having a great fucking time. That was a great experience, man. I would never trade that in. I'm so glad that that my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, was was there for that and helped me tell our story the way we had to to get out of the situation we were in. But yeah, man, have you guys ever had any any rough run-ins with the lawmen, the law enforcement of our our world or America? I'd like to hear your story, man. I know mine are are light in in such, you know. Some of you guys have some heavy stories. I'd like to hear either or, light or heavy, man. Let me know what you guys' were uh, experiences were. Super curious out there. Whatever platform I throw this on, throw me a comment underneath if you listen to it. Let me know. Um, other than that, man, those are two little stories that uh, that I've had where I've gotten in trouble with the law. Um, since then, man, I, I don't think I've I've really gotten in trouble with any any police since then really thinking in my head like have I had any any times where I had weed on me oh I did I did end up when I got out of jail I ended up working at a Chili's and the bailiff who uh who took me down to intake in jail ended up having a beer with me because his wife was a boss there I thought that was kind of a weird full circle moment too from all that where when I was in jail and Get out of jail and have a, a beer with your bailiff because, you know, they, they they ain't trying to send you to jail. They're just trying to make sure you don't run while you're in there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had some some different experiences with uh, cannabis and uh, being locked up for it is one of the reasons I advocate for us legalization. Uh, when I was locked up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, I was, I was locked up with violent offenders, man. It was all a mixed pod. It, it didn't matter what your offense was. You were all in there for whatever. And, uh, yeah, it kind of sucked. You know, I, I literally, my pod was right across from a baby killer's pod and we all knew he was in for killing babies. It was, it was really fucked up. So when I got out, I wanted to make sure I had some form of, of, a voice towards cannabis anyone who talks shit on it i'd always tell them go get educated learn 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 you know we need to reform these laws you're putting nonviolence in with violent offenders and this isn't right you know and thank god nothing happened to me but can't say that about other cities or other counties laramie county is real real easy let's just say that and uh I just feel for uh, anyone who gets locked up for a joint's worth of weed and gets locked up with violent offenders, I think it's a, a fucked up system that needs reform and uh, you need to figure out a, a different way. And, and reform's coming, y'all. We're, we're on the cusp of legalization on a federal scale and that'll 
that'll free up a lot of jails that'll free up a lot of uh free up a lot of histories of people so they could go back to work for certain groups or people won't stare at their records so much so yeah it'll be a great thing when when legalization happens at least for anyone who's been condemned for uh cannabis but other than that, man, that's that's the story I had for the uh, the podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, man, if you guys have ever blazed as Boulder CU, let me know. If you guys have ever had a run-in with the law, Johnny Law, let me know, man. Super curious. Super curious out there. Um, I do want to say one thing before we part. Thank you so much for uh, diving in and listening to the podcast today. Like I said, this was a catch-up episode for uh, the one I missed. And uh, maybe I'll record another one after this. I'm not sure quite yet. But I definitely wanted to share that story with you of of my run-ins with the law and uh, my situations that I've been put in and uh, why I advocate for cannabis legalization. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys found some form of entertainment or information off of this. And I will see you guys all next week, maybe, or maybe I'll drop a double episode after this. I'm not sure, but we'll say next week for now. So we'll see you guys all next week when I drop another episode of the Ford 20 podcast. You guys stay happy, high and safe until then. Peace.